The following audio is from Story City Church in Burbank, California. For more information on Story City, go to storycitychurch.com. Counseling, but I'm doing good, okay? Um, but I can laugh at that story now, but do you realize this here is that that is a football game, and we watch football, and it's a great game. But do you realize that every one of us are in a game of our own? It's called the game of life. As a matter of fact, there's a lot of things that happen in the game of life. As a matter of fact, there's a lot of things that can distract us in the game of life. There's a lot of things that, that can, can pull us away from what we're trying to do. It can even be hurtful or harmful to our life. And watch this. There's a lot of people today, maybe even in here, that are walking through the game of life and they're struggling. There's, there's been some penalties, if you would say, some life penalties called on them. And they're struggling with the game of life. You may say, why would we talk about this morning? Because of this, I want us to show us what God's word has to say to us about that. You say, well, Rick, does God's word have to say something to us? I I believe it does. As a matter of fact, I believe that the word of God can help us and change us. And what I want to walk away from this morning is is three points. And and they're going to be easy to remember. And if you were a cheerleader in high school or whatever, you'll remember these. But the three words I want us to walk away with today is, is go fight win. Go fight when I want us to see what the Lord Jesus Christ is showing us here on what we can do with the game of life. Because we have such a great opportunity, not only to, to follow him, but to share him with others. As a matter of fact, if, if there's a, a coach that's worth any worth of his salt, uh, when it's fourth quarter and it's fourth down, and it's just seconds left in the game and they got the ball, that coach is going to pull his team together. He's going to pull them in tight. And he's going to say, hey, here's the play that will win the game for us. Here's, here's the play that then we're going to score a touchdown on us. Well, I would say this is that this is the play. This is the play from the word of God that Jesus is saying, listen, we need to practice these plays. Uh, Go fight, win. And if we do that, listen, we can make a difference in our community. And not just in our community, but we can make a difference in our own life. Matter of fact, if you'll follow along with me here, and it'll be up on the screen, but in 2 Timothy chapter 4, we're going to start in verse 1, and I want you to hear this here. This is Paul writing to Timothy, and and Paul's about to go off the scene, and he's lived just a full life, and he's about to go off the scene, but he gives Timothy one last charge to him, and here's what he says. He says, starting in verse 1, it says, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience, careful instruction. Uh, For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn uh, their ears away from the truth and turn inside to myths. But you... Keep your head in all situations. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist to uh, discharge all the duties of your ministry. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering. And the time of my departure is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Verse 8. Now, there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but to also all who have longed for his appearing. And I said, well, Rick, what do we pull away from this passage? The first thing, first thing is this here is go. Go preach the gospel. Go preach the gospel. Paul is telling Timothy here is, listen, you need to be ready at any time to tell your story of how Jesus Christ changed your life. Now, imagine this here because now you all know that, that I'm a, a big Ohio State fan. 
And, uh, uh, and, and let me tell you this here. I, I do root for the USC and UCLA when they play Michigan. So just hear me say that, okay? So I do root for them. But imagine if you had tickets to the Ohio State game and you came up to me today and said, Rick, I've got tickets to Ohio State game. Would you like to go? You know what I would do? I would drop everything. Matter of fact, if I was going to, uh, on a date with Wendy, my wife, I would probably try to work it out to where I would say, hey, Wendy, could we, we postpone because I got tickets to Ohio State game, all right? And, and you, a lot of you that are married saying, you are an idiot. Uh, yeah, I know. Anyways, but, um, but I would drop stuff because why I would be ready to go just like that. Watch this. The Bible tells us that as Christians, as followers of Christ, we need to be ready at any time to give a testimony, to give a testimony of how Jesus Christ changed our lives. Matter of fact, Jesus Christ changed my life. I grew up in a, in a preacher's home. Now you may say, well, were you a pre typical preacher's kid? Pretty much, all right? I got in trouble all the time. Matter of fact, I remember one Sunday, I had a friend named Keith Arner. He talked me into going into the, the attic of the, the church during service. And while we were up there, we could see through uh, the, the ceiling. We had little holes that we could see through. And we were above the choir. And we thought it would be funny if we spit through those holes, all right? And, um, and it was funny, all right? It was funny. And... and but, but, it, but it wasn't funny when my dad caught us, all right? Because my mom was sitting in the auditorium and she could see the choir members starting to do this. And they're looking up and all of a sudden she looked around and she thought, I don't see Rick, all right? And so I was your typical preacher's kid. We were up there laughing. You know how you're laughing and trying not to let people hear you and maybe like have a snot bubble come out every now and then. Anyways, but um, you can tell I've been with middle school kids for too long, okay? But we were laughing all of a sudden, boom, my dad caught us, all right? So I was your typical preacher's kid. And I used to think this here is I used to think because I, I was maybe a kind of a good kid and, and, that, that I, and my dad was a preacher and I went to church all the time, I thought this is that, man, if I ever go off into, into eternity, Jesus will let me into heaven because of that. And I was wrong. He said, Rick, why were you wrong? Because the only thing that gets me into heaven is a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the only thing. And, and matter of fact, when I was 13 years old, someone in the church asked me, Rick, if you were to die tonight, would you spend eternity with Jesus? I said, listen, my dad's the preacher. And they're like, that doesn't matter. I said, man, I'm a pretty good kid. I don't hang out with, you know, really bad kids. I do some bad things around them, but I'm a pretty good kid. They said, that doesn't matter. And I said, man, I go to church all the time. They said, that doesn't matter. And I went home that night and I was laying in my bed and I could take you to the house in Maslin, Ohio. And I could take you to the house that I was laying there and I realized this here is that if I went off to eternity that night, I would spend eternity away from Jesus Christ because I didn't have a relationship with him. And that night, he changed my life. Matter of fact, I got up and woke my parents up. I said, I need Jesus in my life. And, and, and they led me to Jesus. And watch this. I should be ready at any time to tell that story to explain that story. Why? Because it is the greatest story in my life. Matter of fact, I always tell people this here is that the second greatest day in my life was getting married to my wife. All right? Wendy, she's awesome. If you, you'll meet her later on. If you, if you look at her and then look at me, you'll, you'll be like, man, there, there is a miracle right there. All right? Um, but, but she's awesome. It's my second greatest day in my life. You say, well, what's the best day in your life? When Jesus Christ saved me. That's the greatest day in my life. And watch this. I should be ready at any time to tell the story how Jesus changed my life. Paul is telling Timothy, go preach the gospel. Be ready any time. Be ready to, to give an account for how Jesus changed your life. We say, well, Rick, what's the second thing? The second thing is this here, is fight for the truth. Fight for the truth. You say, well, Rick, why would we need to fight for the truth? Because the Bible tells us in 2 Timothy here is that Paul is telling Timothy, listen, people are going to turn away from the truth. And the ultimate truth is the word of God. 
And we need to realize this is there that people are going to turn away from it, but we need to fight for the truth to be told to people. When I was growing up, I have, uh, I have two sisters, one's older and one's younger. And uh, when they were younger, I like to refer to them as Satan's kids, okay? And uh, they were mean. They, they, now, they're not here, so I can say whatever I want about them, but um, they, they, were, they were mean, man. They just were. And, and my younger sister, Renee, she was one of those kids in elementary school, you just didn't mess with me. Even the boys were afraid of her, okay? And, uh, and I remember one time we were on recess, and we were playing kickball, and... Um, and I wasn't, uh, I wasn't a great athlete then, and I wasn't later on either, but, uh, but I wanted to kick the ball, and I wanted to kick a home run, all right? And so the pitcher pitches the ball, and I go to kick the ball, and I totally miss the ball. And I swing my leg, and I fall into the dirt. So I get up, and the pitcher's laughing at me. Everybody's laughing at me. And all of a sudden, I see Renee coming from left field, and she's just, I mean, she's running as hard as she can. I'm like, what is she doing? And all of a sudden, I realize she's running towards the pitcher, all right? And the pitcher has no idea she's running towards him. And all of a sudden, he's like laughing, and all of a sudden, she comes up, and man, she just jacks him, all right? And he's like, whoa, I mean, and she jumps on top of him, and she's, she's just going to town on him, okay? And you say, well, what's happening? Here's what she's saying as she's going to town on him, okay? She, every punch she throws, she says, you stop picking on my big brother, all right? That was a, conf- that was a confidence builder there, okay? That's right, that's right. Matter of fact, later on that year when people would come up to me and they'd say, give us your lunch money, I just had to say, Renee's my sister. They'd be like, here, take our lunch money, okay? <laughs> but you say, Rick, why would you tell us that story? Now, I'm not saying that we leave here and we go beat people up. That's not what I'm saying, all right? But the same way Renee fought for me, if you would say, watch this, we need to fight for our friends to hear the truth. Because watch this, there is an enemy out there that is fighting for them not to hear the truth. Matter of fact, the Bible tells us in John 10, 10, the thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy. Satan doesn't want your friends or my friends, or he doesn't even want us to hear the truth and the word of God. Because he knows this here, because that second part of that verse says this, that I have come to give life more abundantly. Jesus, Jesus has come to give life and to give it more abundantly. And Paul is telling Timothy here, fight for your friends to hear the truth. Fight for your, your, your family members. Fight for your people you work with or you go to school with to hear the truth of the word of God because that is the only thing that will change your life. And a lot of our friends, a lot of our family members, man, they're living this game of life and they're struggling. They are, they're struggling. But we can show that, we, listen, we have the great opportunity to show the truth. And the truth is that Jesus Christ can change their life. Now, does Jesus say that our life will be perfect when we become a follower of him? no. Matter of fact, there still will be tough times. Why? Because we live in a broken world. We're broken people that live in a broken world. And watch this. Jesus, though, comes and brings joy, peace, and happiness. Joy, peace. Even in our tough times, we can have peace in Jesus Christ. But until our friends hear the truth, until we fight for them to hear the truth of the word of God, someone, listen, they may never hear the word of God. And you say, Rick, what's the, what's the big deal about that? Because if they, if, listen, if they don't hear it from us, who will they hear it from? Boy, you, you live in a city, my, Matt was telling me last night, of 19 million people. Listen, Panama City Beach, where we live, I mean, there's 12,000 people, and half of them only live there half the time of the year, Okay. And so, I mean, it's, it's nothing like this, this here and, 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 and people everywhere. But 19 million people, what a great opportunity Story City Church has to be a light for Jesus Christ in this city. 
to share the gospel and for more people to come and not just have two services, but have three, four, five services because so many people are coming and they're hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ and Lord Jesus is changing their life. We fight for the truth because watch this, Satan's fighting for them. Matter of fact, Satan's fighting that they don't hear the truth. Satan's fighting, listen, Satan's fighting against you because he hates God and he hates you if you're a follower of Jesus Christ. But Jesus, Jesus has won the victory already. What he did on the cross by dying on the cross, but rising again and giving us salvation, having and giving us an opportunity to have salvation, it has won the victory for us. So really, we are fighting from truth because the truth is this year is that Jesus Christ has come to set us free. He has. So we, we, we go and we preach the gospel. We, we fight for the truth. But here's the last one is this, is we win the rewards. We win the rewards. We all like to win things. Did y'all see in the news the other day that there was one lady, I don't know who it was, but up in Massachusetts that, that won the, 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 uh, the lottery and she won over $700 million? How many would like to try to win $700 million? How many would like to try to spend $700 million? I, I, I do. I'd like to just give me a chance. I'll try it, okay? We like to win things. Matter of fact, if you go to my son's room now today, you'll go in his room and he's got all of his trophies from where he's played football. But right on the end is my trophy for playing for the Packers. All right? He said, Rick, why do you keep that trophy? Because it's the only trophy I won. All right? And I like it. We like to win things. Do you realize this year is that we have an opportunity to win things for Jesus? You say, Rick, what do you mean by that? Because Paul tells Timothy, listen, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is store for me the crown of righteousness, which uh, the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, but not only to me, but all to those who love his appearing. First of all, the first award is this here, is that one day when we stand before Jesus and, and, and we, we give him an account for what we did for him, we have the opportunity to win crowns that we will turn right around and give back to him. And I don't know about you is this, I don't want to get to heaven and Jesus go, hey, Rick, man, you did an okay job, but you don't win. You really don't win anything, but you're in, all right? You're in. But then when everyone else is laying their crowns down, I got nothing to lay. I, 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 want, I want my life to count for Jesus. I, I want my life here on earth to make a difference for Jesus Christ. Because my life here on earth isn't very long. The Bible says it's like a vapor. Now, I know I'm going to sound like an old guy, Okay. But I'm telling you, it seems just like yesterday, all right, that I was a teenager, all right? I'm 48 years old now. Matter of fact, every morning I wake up, and I'm like, man, my back hurts. My body hurts. I'm, I'm overweight, but let's go have some Twinkies, all right? I mean, I, I, I just, I'm just old, I'm older now. But watch this. I want my life to count for Jesus so that one day when I stand before him, I can give glory back to him for what he allowed me to do. So not only do we win those awards, watch this, though. People are our awards also. Rick, what do you mean? I have a, have a brother-in-law that's married to Renee. She did get married, okay? <laughs> and he's a great guy, but when they got married, he wasn't a follower of Jesus Christ. And we prayed for him. We prayed for him. We prayed and we prayed. It seemed like just several years that we prayed for him. His name's Doug, and we prayed and we prayed, and I would share, I would share verses with him. I would, you know, every time I get an opportunity, I would witness to him. Matter of fact, uh, at Thanksgiving, he would be like, hey, you want some turkey? And I'd be like, listen, man doesn't live on bread alone, but the word of God. I mean, I was doing stuff like that, you know what I'm saying? And so, I mean, I was just trying for him to hear the gospel. And man, he just kept saying, hey, man, that's not for me. That's not for me. That's not for me. And we just kept, we were faithful. We just kept praying. And then one night... I was in my bed, it was about 11 o'clock at night, the phone rings, and I answer the phone, and there's someone on the other end crying. 
And I couldn't understand, I couldn't understand him. And, and finally he gets out and he goes, hey, this is Doug. And I thought, man, there's something, something must have happened to one of our family members up in, in Ohio. And is Renee okay? And he goes, no, 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 everybody's okay. He says, I just want you to know, because you've been praying for me. He said, I gave my life to Jesus Christ tonight. And look here. Every time I look at Doug, God reminds me he's a reward. Because of your faithfulness to me, I changed his life. Look here, there are, there are hundreds of people that we can share the gospel with, and they can become rewards that we see. Now, now I don't tell Doug, I don't look at Doug and go, hey, Doug, you're my reward, all right? Because that sounds weird, all right? But look here, in my mind, I'm like, thank you, Jesus. And it makes me strive to do more and more for him. He said, Rick, why, why do you worry about it? Why, why, man, just live your life. Just, just live your life. You know why I worry about it? Because when I was a senior in high school, we had a, 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 what we called a senior skip day. Now, it wasn't an official day, and so uh, I wasn't allowed to skip. My mom was like, no, you're going to school. And so me and all the chess club kids were there. So if you play chess, I'm sorry, okay? So, but I was there, and we got word that there had been an accident. And two of my friends were involved in the accident. And, and there was one of my friends named Mark DeRoy. We got word later on that he didn't survive the accident. And in his senior year in high school, he went off into eternity. And you say, Rick, why would you tell us that story? Because I late lunch with Mark every day my junior and senior year. And I never told him about Jesus. And look here, I hope one day that I don't get to heaven. I, I hope that someone had the love for Mark to share Jesus with him. Because at that time, I didn't. And I hope one day I don't get to heaven and I see that he's not in heaven. And even though I'll live eternity with Jesus because Jesus changed my life, I missed a great opportunity with Mark. And, and we're not promised tomorrow. We're not, our friends are not promised tomorrow. I mean, life, life is a vapor. I mean, it really is. I mean, it, 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 can, it can change just like that. We were, earlier this week, we were in Ohio because my stepmom uh, passed into eternity. She passed away. Now, she was an older lady, and, she, and she, uh, she was a Christian, and so we know where she's at. But there's so many people, so many people's lives that are changed because of that. And we should, we should tell them the truth, that Jesus Christ can change their life. It's about being all in for God, all in for Jesus Christ. You know, I want to close with this story. I, um, one, there, there's a, um, uh, one of my bucket list I, uh, items, if you would say. I've been writing things down that I want to do and stuff. And, and, uh, and one of them is this here is, is I, I would love to go to the Grand Canyon and to, to travel down into the Grand Canyon and travel back up. He said, why haven't you done it yet? Because I'm out of shape. I got to get in shape first, okay? I, I, if, I go, if I go down the Grand Canyon, I'm not coming back up. And, and we're, we're just going to live there right now, okay? And so, watch here. My, I would love to go down and then come back up. But it's amazing because you hear the stories about people that do that, how it was so amazing and how it was so wonderful how they went down. But watch this. There are all kinds of people that stand along the rim of the Grand Canyon. You know what those people are called? And they never go down in. They just stand there and they just look. And it's a great scene. It really is. I mean, the Grand Canyon is an amazing picture of God's artwork and stuff and, and what he's done. And there's so many people that just stand on the top and you say, Rick, what do they call them? And they call them rim huggers because they never go down in. Matter of fact, they're never all in. And the sad part about it is this here is that so many of us that know Christ, 
We, some of us in here, and some of us in, in, our, in our churches, man, we just, we stand on the top and we're just rim huggers. When God's saying, go deep, go deep in me, let me use you, let me, let me take your life, let me use you to, to sh- tell your friends about Jesus, let me, let me use you to, to show how, man, we, Jesus has come to serve and not to be served, and, and how Jesus really does want to have a relationship with everybody, and, and, and I know Matt talks about it too, but it's about a relationship, it's not about a religion, it's not even about a, a, a church, it's about a relationship with Jesus Christ, because that's what gets us heaven, that's what changes our life. Okay, church is good. I'm glad you're here this morning. And, and, I, and I want you to continue to come back and bring some friends with you and, and, and continue to grow. But watch this here. Church doesn't get me into heaven. It's Jesus Christ that gets me into heaven. And so it's being all in for God. So my challenge is this this morning. Number one, have you ever given your life to Jesus Christ? Has there been a time in your life that you have said, Jesus, I need you? The Bible tells us in Romans that if we confess with our mouths and believe in our heart and, and that Jesus Christ is Lord, we can have eternal life. It, it really is that simple of asking Jesus to come into my life and to change my life. Has there been a time in your life that you have turned from your sins and that you have followed Jesus Christ? Not to be perfect. Trust me, I'm not perfect. If you would ask my wife if I'm not perfect, she would tell you, Lord, no. But look here, it, it, is, it is about following Jesus. Has there been a time in your life that you have given your life to Christ? And then number two is this. If you have, who have you told about it? When, when's, and, I, and I'm asking myself the same question. When's the last time we shared Jesus with somebody? When's the last time we said, hey, listen, I know you're going through a tough time, but can I share something with you and how Jesus Christ loves you and wants to change your life? When's the last time? Would you do me a favor? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? In a moment, we're going to be done. We're going to be leaving here, and we'll go off, and we'll walk, go our separate ways. But with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, and maybe you're here this morning, and, and you've been hearing the message and just talking about how Jesus Christ can change someone's life. And maybe you, when you, I asked that question about has Jesus changed your life, maybe you weren't able to say yes. It, it, it may be, too, that maybe you're sitting here going, well, I hope so. Listen, you don't have to hope so. You can know so. And that's through having a relationship with Jesus. Why not ask him into your life today? Why not say, Jesus, come into my life today. Change my life today. Let me become a follower of you. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, maybe that's you. Maybe that's what you need. And if you haven't done it, it is what you need. And I'm not just asking you. I'm begging you. I'm begging you because it is, it is, it is a decision between life and death. Because if you go off into eternity without relationship with Jesus Christ, you will spend eternity away from him. And that's not Rick Young saying it. That is the Bible saying that. I'm just telling you what the Bible is saying. And if you're here this morning and say, Rick, I need a relationship with Jesus Christ. In a moment here, I'm going to say a prayer. And a prayer doesn't save you. A prayer is just a tool that we can use to express what we need. And with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, if you need this relationship with Jesus, I would ask you in a moment here to repeat the prayer in the quietness of your own heart just after me. And again, it's not the prayer. It's you putting your faith in Jesus Christ. And the prayer is this, Lord Jesus, I believe that I am a sinner. And I believe that sin separates me from you. But Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross and you rose again to give me life 
And Jesus, I'm asking you to come into my life today, to change me, to make me more like you with your head still bowed and your eyes still closed. And I would just want to pray for you. I'm not going to call anybody out. We would never want to do anything to embarrass you. But if you're here this morning, you say, Rick, when you said that prayer, I said it and I meant it. Would you do me a favor? No one's looking around, just, just me. Would you do me a favor? Would you just, if you said that prayer, would you just quietly lift your hand up and put it back down? Just raise it up and put it back down. I see that. I see that, Austin. Just lift it up, put it back down. It's the, I'm telling you, it is the greatest decision you've ever made in your life because it's a life and death situation. Here's the last thing I would ask is this with your heads bowed and your eyes closed. If you do have a relationship with Jesus, how many would say, Rick, I know someone, I know someone in my life that needs to hear this story. And would you pray for me that I would be bold enough to share that story? Would you do me a favor? Would you just raise your hand, put it up and put it back down? Boy, I know people that need this. I know people that need this story. Lots of us, lots of us. I just want to pray for us this morning. I want to, I want to pray for those that gave their life to Jesus. And I want to pray for those that raised their hands. Man, I've got some friends and I've got my hands up. I've got friends that need Jesus. And that, that I don't want to happen to them what happened to Mark DeRoy that one day he was offering to eternity and we don't know if he was a Christian or not. I want to make sure. I want them to know. And I want you to know. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for today. And thank you for all that you do for us. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity that you have given to us to come and, Lord, to, to worship you. Lord, what an amazing, an amazing time of worshiping together. And, Father, I thank you for your word. Lord, how powerful it is. And, Lord, I pray that we would go. We would go and preach the gospel. I pray that, Father, we would fight for the truth. And, Father, I pray that, Lord, we would win the rewards. And, Father, I, I pray for those that raised their hands and said, well, I gave my life to Jesus Christ. Lord, would you... Would you encourage them today? Would you love on them today? And Father, would you just show yourself so strong to them today? And then Father, I pray for those that raised their hands and said, well, I've got some people that need to hear the story of Jesus. Would you give us strength? Would you give us strength, Father, that we would go? Lord, what an amazing opportunity that you have given to us as Story Church to make a difference. Lord, not just in Burbank, but the cities around us. And so Father, I pray you'd help us, Lord, to be a light for you here in this city, in the cities around us. Lord, give us your strength. Give us your ability. And we praise you, Jesus. We thank you and we praise you for what you did on the cross for us and giving us life through your salvation. We love you, Jesus. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.